I'm Matt. And I'm Jenna. We are Mana. And this is Food for Thought. A podcast dedicated to encourage and inspire you as you seek to grow your relationship with Christ and live out your Catholic faith. In today's episode, I will be sharing with you some words of wisdom from social media and how they can encourage us in our faith life. Welcome to episode 35. It is just me, um, so I don't know if uh, I should start with a joke this week. I was going to tell you a pun about a broken pencil, but I don't see the point. (laughs) I snuck that one in there. That one is from my friend Robert. Shout out to you, Robert. Uh, Thanks for listening. Um, So yes, I am alone in the studio today. Jenna and I had a difficult time matching up our schedules uh, these past couple weeks. Uh, So we wanted to make sure we got some content to you. So I'm going to record a little something. Jenna might record a little something. And we just want to make sure we're continuing to share some good content with y'all. And I just want to remind you to check out our website, manafoodforthought.com. All of our blogs, vlogs, all of our other content, um, all of our podcast episodes are on there and links to all of our social media accounts. We are primarily most active on Instagram at Mana Food for Thought. And if you want to become a financial supporter of this podcast and get exclusive access to patron-only content uh, and merchandise as it becomes available in the coming months, um, you can do that for as little as a dollar a month uh, by going to our website and on the homepage clicking Patreon uh, or looking us up on there and becoming a uh, patron. Uh, So we really appreciate all of our patrons out there, all of you listening, um, continuing listeners, first-time listeners. I hope this podcast episode encourages you in your faith life. And so, as always, I'm going to share a peak, a pit, and a plug um, from my past couple weeks. Um, Peak moment, probably a high moment, would be, um, I don't know, I just got a lot done this week um, in in a way that it really just kind of freed me up to have um, just good opportunities to connect with people and not have to say no to to things um, because I was overwhelmed by tasks. I was just really um, efficient. My pit though, however, is I was so, um, last night I was so immersed in doing a particular task that time got away from me and I stayed up until four in the morning doing it. And um, it just flew by, it was crazy. So, but God blessed me with a, uh, a good night's sleep. I prayed before I went to bed, Jesus, let me have a full night's sleep in these two hours. And I woke up not too bad. So um, yeah, he is faithful, even in the small things that we ask. And then um, a plug. Um, my plug is kind of along the lines of, of um, what I'm going to share with you this episode. My plug is a really great article um, uh, from Bored Panda. Um, so I don't know if you've heard of that little um I don't know, fact-gathering, fun-story-gathering site on Facebook, on the interwebs. Um, And I came across an article um, this week of uh, 50 people sharing words of wisdom that impacted their lives. And some really great stuff. Um, Not all of it is is that profound, or some of it's like, yeah, no duh. But um, I wanted to share with you a handful of these, uh, maybe like a dozen or so. We'll see how many we get through. Um, And just kind of show um, why they resonated and what you might be able to glean from them and how that might impact our spiritual life. Um, And so uh, the very first one is um, a story of a young girl who was trying to learn how to swim. And she was terrified of jumping in the water. And this older woman in her 60s or 70s swims up to her at at one point and uh, says, uh, come on in, jump in the water. And the girl says... "Um, I can't. I'm. I'm afraid. I'm so afraid. 
And the old woman looks at her and says, um, well, be afraid and then do it anyway. And I just really like that. You know, we, we've said before on the podcast, and I'm sure you've heard it before, that the most repeated phrase in scripture is be not afraid or do not fear. Um, and that's an important thing to remember. But I think sometimes we can misinterpret that and say, like, if I'm in a relationship with Jesus, if I truly have faith in him, then fear is absent from my life, like completely. There's no fear whatsoever. And I don't think that's true. I think that we will always have fear in our life. It's a matter of whether or not we let that fear inhibit us. Um, there's another quote from this um, kind of um, um, collection of wisdom that um, says, go where the fear is. And to not let that fear be incapacitating, um, but to recognize the things that we're afraid of are often the things that are going to challenge or change us most and even could radically transform us. And so to try and do our best to not succumb to the fear, but overcome it or at least embrace it in such a way that it's not prohibiting us from going forward, from making that next step. Uh, and so maybe you're in a position in your life right now where you're really immobilized. You're really afraid to take a risk or take a chance um, because you're afraid of failing. You're afraid of it not working out. Um, and so I just want to encourage you with those words. Um, be afraid. Acknowledge the fear. Name it so you have claim and power over it. And then do it anyway. Don't let it have that power over you. Um, surrender that fear to the Lord. Um, and I think that's what it really means when it says be not afraid is don't hold on to that, you know, give that to Jesus. And so I want to encourage you to do that. Um, so there's a really good one. Another one has to do with um, being embarrassed. So I want you all, as you're listening, I want you to think of a time in your life that you were really embarrassed. Do you have one? It probably was not that difficult for you to think of one. Now, I want you to think of a time in your life that someone else was embarrassed. Is that a little bit harder? I think oftentimes it is. And when we recognize that, it can help us realize that the moments in our lives that we thought were terribly mortifying and embarrassing, most people probably don't even remember. Because it's a lot harder to remember those things about other people, unless they were very drastically embarrassing. Um, but even so, they don't stick with us the way that our own personal ones do. And I think it gives us the freedom to kind of let go of some of those uh, worries that we're going to make a fool out of ourselves, that people will judge us, that people will snicker at us. Um, because if, in the, at the end of the day or at the end of their lives and our lives, I don't think anyone's really going to remember those things. Um, so don't be embarrassed. Let those things go. Um, another one, another word of wisdom. This was number 11 from the list. Um, and I just had a conversation with someone about this today. Uh, next year, you'll wish you had started today. Next year, you will wish you had started today. I can't tell you how many times in my own life I've sat down and thought, I really need to be more disciplined in this part of my life. I really want to start reading the Bible every day. I really want to start working out or eating better. I really want to start uh, connecting with people more. I really want to start doing this or that or finish that project. And I always remember those moments the second time I have that conversation with myself because then I sit down and say, when was the last time I thought this? If I had just started then, I would be done by now. I would be where I wanted to be by now. Why didn't I? What stopped me? Like I would, I would be where I want to be. I would not be having this conversation with myself again. And so if something's holding you back um, from really trying to make that commitment to try and um, get the motivation to make a life change, uh, do it. You don't need to do it all at once. Take baby steps to get there. Maybe 
one thing every single week that you reincorporate into your life um, or start incorporating into your life um, and then just get used to that habit and then every week just start doing one more thing um, and just use those little baby steps to get to the place that you want to be and don't let yourself have that conversation with yourself again a year from now saying the same thing that you wish you had started or you wish you had done differently. Uh, number 16 on the list, uh, you've probably heard this before, it's pretty common, but I think it's worth being reminded of. Everyone that you meet knows something that you don't. Everyone that you meet knows something that you don't. I really like reminding people of this when it comes to evangelizing, sharing our faith with other people. And I think oftentimes we do that in such a way that we think, I have something, I have this relationship with Jesus that this other person doesn't have, and I'm here to give it to them. And it can become very proselytizing or preachy or sometimes even judgmental or insensitive in the ways that we share the faith when we do it that way because we're, we're not acknowledging the presence of Jesus in the other person. And so I often share this reminder to people that everyone knows something that you don't um, when it comes to evangelizing in the way that everyone has Jesus within them. And so are you seeking to just give them the Jesus who dwells in you? Or are you seeking to encounter him in a new way through that person? So it's not necessarily about giving them something they don't have. It's about awakening within them something for you to see that'll transform you and that may continue to transform them. Those are really the more beneficial conversations and encounters I've had with people when it comes to sharing faith or even just having a conversation, especially in the divided political climate that we live in. Um, it's difficult to have some of these conversations with people. And I think if we all recognized everyone has a perspective or a story or a life experience or knowledge of something that we do not, and we entered every conversation um, knowing that we were going to learn something new. We were going to be enlightened in some new way. Um, we would treat people with a lot more respect. And we'd treat their opinions and their positions on things, even if we agreed with them, with a lot more respect. Because I think oftentimes we just look at those positions for what they are in face value and we don't recognize you know, most people are not completely dumb. You know, they didn't just choose this for no reason. They chose it out of the goodness of their heart because they believed it was the right thing. And if they are investing their time and energy in that um, because they believe it's the best possible thing um, or the right thing to think or believe, uh, we should honor that. And even if we disagree with it because they've, they've spent a lot of time and energy in this and so have we in the things that we believe in. Um, and so let's find that common ground, that, that com common passion that we have for um, a common goal or... Um, just a desire to better ourselves or to change the world to make it a better place. And maybe more of those conversations will lead to, um, you know, more people being enlightened and learning new things about each other instead of yelling and debating. Um, so everyone knows something that you don't. Number 17, uh, this has something to do with, um, and if you're wondering uh, why these numbers are not in any um, order, like where we're, you know, two through seven and nine and 10 and all those other numbers I skipped. I'm just sharing with you the ones that I think were most impactful and relevant. Um, but I will keep, uh, or I will post this uh, story link in the show notes. So if you want to read through the rest, you're welcome to. Um, but number 17, this has something to do with um, if there's someone in your life who's really hurt you, someone that you are struggling to forgive. Um, the story of this particular um, 
quote or this particular uh, experience of wisdom was about a young man who um, was angry that his father had abandoned him as a young child. And someone asked him, um, do you think that your father, well, he said, you know, you, you clearly hate your father. Do you think your father feels the hate that you have for him? And the young man said, no, he probably has no idea. And the man, the man talking to him said, um, but you feel all of it and you don't deserve it. So it's time to forgive him, not because he deserves it, but because you do. Anger, hatred, unforgiveness, that affects us. That really can distort our mood from day to day. It can set us off. It can help us or cause us to have a short temper or really um, uh, a difficult time trusting people in relationships. And oftentimes we bear the brunt of the effect of that anger far more than the people it's directed toward. Um, maybe because we never have an opportunity to get the closure that we need or uh, tell them the things that they've done to hurt us. Um, and if we really love and care for ourselves and see ourselves as created in the image and likeness of God, even if it's difficult for us to see maybe that other person that way, know that at least you deserve to be free of that hatred and the effect of that hatred in your life because you're feeling all of it. You're the one who is really um, almost being re-victimized by this other person uh, because you're refusing to let go of the hate. Um, and you are almost cooperating with them, in a sense, to continue to punish yourself for maybe some harm that they did um, and deepening it or echoing it. Um, and so I just want to encourage you, if there's something you're holding on to, some type of trauma, even some type of abuse, abandonment, um, backstabbing, you know, um, some, something that happened in your life, that you find difficult to forgive that person, um, I want to encourage you to forgive them. Not because they deserve it, but because you do. Um, and that might seem a little bit selfish, but if you think about the practicality of the effect the anger and the hate has had on your life and your deservedness to be free of it, uh, I think you'll agree. Uh, number 18 on this list was also good. Um, you know you're an adult when you can be right without proving the other person wrong. I like that. I think uh, when it comes to faith, obviously, you know, we can talk about truth and knowing the truth and not having to um, feel the need to um, belittle someone else's opinion if they're not ready to hear the truth or they're not ready to receive it in a way that um, we're trying to share it. But I think also um, just a, a sense of humility that is really lacking, as I said, you know, before about talking about like political division. Um, you know, it's, it's not necessarily anymore about who's right. It's about who yells the loudest. Um, and that's not, um, honoring another person. And that's, it's kind of an immature way of doing things. And so, um, let yourself know that you can be right without having to prove the other person wrong. Number 19, uh, the only person you um, are sure to spend the rest of your life with is you. The only person you are absolutely sure to spend the rest of your life with is you. Relationships will come and go. Uh, people will die. People will leave your life. People might betray you or they might uh, move. You'll fall in and out of uh, relationships, friendships. Um, and, you know, hopefully you'll be, um, you'll find a vocation. If it's marriage, you'll be with someone who you're married to for most of your life. Um, but nothing's a sure thing, you know, and um, I think it puts things into perspective to recognize um, that that's something that we really need to be cognizant of. I'm, I'm the person I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. So what do I need to do? What do I need to work on to be the best version of myself? Not just for other people, but because I deserve it for me. Um, 
there was another piece of advice in here I didn't include because it's kind of a cliche that I've heard a lot of times, but it, it, it follows this point and it was about um, dating and it says everyone's trying to look for the right person, but no one's trying to be the right person. Um, and that goes along these same lines. Um, let's look inward and see what we can do to be better, but also what we deserve and uh, chase after that before we're looking for our fulfillment from others. Um, so uh, number 21. I like this one a lot. Um, you are not required to set yourself on fire to keep other people warm. You are not required to set yourself on fire to keep other people warm. Um, we don't like to say no a lot of the time. We like to be people pleasers. We like to be well liked. And sometimes that means that we say yes to things that we don't want to because we're afraid of people judging us, of um, being looked at differently at work or by family members, uh, being ridiculed being asked, you know, follow-up questions. Why? Why not? Um, I tell people all the time, I love to say no. I say no all the time because I know when I say no, I'm saying yes to something else. And if I can articulate that vision, that thing that's most important to me in my life, um, they'll understand why I'm saying no. Um, but some people that's very difficult for, and a lot of times people will let that, um, or other people will recognize that in us and they'll let us become pushovers or they'll walk over us and we'll be sacrificing our time, our energy, um, you know, our emotion to try and do things for other people um, or even to bend over backwards to help other people who need it um, without caring for ourselves first or without recognizing like, I can't really serve this other person if I'm not serving myself first. Um, and that again, is not a pride or selfish thing. It's recognizing like I need to make sure that I'm okay before I start pouring myself out uh, to other people. And so it's the difference between uh, seeing your spiritual life or the way that you um, participate in works of mercy or acts of justice, seeing yourself either as an, uh, an aqueduct or a reservoir. You know, an aqueduct is a long kind of elevated gutter that moves water from one place to another. There's no place for water to pool. It's just constantly moving. And a lot of times we're like that. Anytime we get recharged, that energy goes right back out to something else, right back out to something else. And that's not healthy because the second you have a, a really hot day, the second you really have a difficult time, um, your aqueduct can dry up pretty quickly. And all of a sudden you're spiritually dried up or you're completely in a place of desolation and you have no idea how you got there or how to get out. And you're just thirsting for that source of water again. But if we live our lives like a reservoir, saying that in order for me to pour out, I first need to be filled up, then we can spend that time cultivating the rest and the prayer and the relationship with God that we need, the relationship with our families and friends and the people close to us that we need to feel you know, alive and the best version of ourselves. And then out of that abundance, out of that fruitfulness, we can serve others joyfully and not feel like we're uh, exerting all of our effort or giving... Uh, everything that we have are spreading ourselves too thin, that we can really truly be present to uh, other people. So you are not required to set fire to yourself to keep others warm. Great. Number 31, your job will never love you back. Pretty self-explanatory. Um, but if you spend most of your time consumed with work because you know you you want to make that money, you want to have the hustle, um, you want to do good at your job, um, you love your job even, you spend a lot a lot of your waking hours and even time that should be spent um, personally for rest or with other people in relationship with them, 
kind of obsessing about work or on your phone, um, recognize your job is never going to love you back, but there are people in your life waiting to. And if you're not letting them, you might get to the end of your life and look back and realize you really missed out. And that would be a tragedy. So uh, number 34, this is a story of a, a young man when he was little, he did really well on a test and he came home and he was bragging to his mom, uh, mom, I'm really, really smart. I'm really smart. And his mom just chimed back with, so what are you going to do about it? You have gifts. You have gifts and talents that God has given you, whether you realize them or not. And God is seeking to do something with them, not tomorrow, not in the future, not when you finally graduate college, not when you get into that career, not when you finally know what your vocation is or when you have a family, not when that to-do list gets done. He wants to use you and the gifts that you have been given now. And a lot of times, all he's asking is for you to be faithful in the small things he's called you to. Do you have a list of responsibilities that you have to do every day, every week? Be faithful to those and use your gifts and talents to do them. And that's being faithful to God. Um, that's doing something about the gifts God has given you. Uh, it's like the parable of the talents. Don't bury what God has given you in the ground out of fear that it will not multiply. But no one, no one has the unique personality and gifts that you do. And so if you do not fulfill the mission that God has called you to in life, no one else will. That's up to you and you alone. Uh, and so think about if you're feeling kind of like you're putting your life on hold or you are uh, talking about how your life will eventually start happening or progressing, recognize that you might be missing out on an opportunity to really live today and to even just be faithful in small things, make joyful choices uh, to experience little things each and every day um, to glorify God and not wait for the big moment or not wait until uh, such and such is done because it will never be. Uh, number 37. This is a quote from C.S. Lewis. Isn't it funny how day by day nothing changes, but when we look back, everything is different? Isn't it funny how day by day nothing changes, but when we look back, everything is different? I really like this because um, it made me think of the, the liturgical calendar for the year. You know, we have different seasons in our church. We have the season of Advent that leads to Christmas, that leads to a little ordinary time, that leads to Lent and to uh, the Triduum and to Easter and then back into ordinary time. And the biggest liturgical season is ordinary time. And sometimes that just has kind of a weird connotation or a negative connotation. Well, it's just ordinary. There's nothing special about it. And I think God gives us and the church gives us in her wisdom the most ordinary time over anything else because it's a reminder to be faithful in the small, ordinary, routine tasks of life and how God can bring joy in those places. That not every day is going to be this profound experience of God or this crazy encounter or this uh, amazing new development in your life or a promotion or a move or a great achievement. Some days it's going through the routine. Um, but that can be something that's very joyful and life-giving or it can be something that just kind of sucks the energy out of you. Um, and so day by day, recognize maybe there's no big changes happening, but if you're faithful, if you're responding to God's call, if you're constantly discerning and in relationship with him, when you look back, you will see how everything is different. And when you look at how everything is different, it won't be a negative reaction. You'll be rejoicing in what God has done and questioning the mystery in which he did it. Number 39 on this list, um, I love this one. Um, I'd rather live a life of oh wells than what ifs. 
I'd rather live a life of oh wells than what ifs. Are you a what if person? What if I started this today? What if I did this? What if I quit my job? What if I changed my major? What if I went back to school? What if we had another kid? They're great things to think about. They're great things to pray about. But eventually, you got to make a decision. And if you make a decision and it doesn't work out, it's always a learning experience. You know, Thomas Edison, I've shared this before, was once asked um, of all of the thousands of ways that he failed in making the incandescent light bulb, how he felt about his thousands of failures. And he said, I did not fail 10,000 times. I learned 10,000 different ways not to make a light bulb. He saw every failure as a learning experience. And so uh, what if that was, <laughs> what if, <laughs> oh, well, uh, <laughs> let that be something that we live our lives by. I like to uh, be a person who, uh, I always say this, I tend to be a person who asks for forgiveness rather than permission. And I think that's a similar thing. Um, you know, if we're always asking for permission, we're going to be kind of what if people. Well, what if we do it this way? What if we, is that okay? Is that all right? Sometimes we just got to take the leap, take the risk. Uh, be willing to do what we believe is right and what we're passionate about and not wait for the permission of other people to do so. Number 42. Uh, oh, I already shared that one. JK. Number 43. Uh, the only time you should look in your neighbor's bowl is to make sure that he has enough. We live in a culture, especially with social media, where we uh, are constantly seeing the good and the abundance in people's lives, and it can be very easy to become resentful, to become envious, uh, and to constantly be trying to keep up with the Joneses, as they say, to constantly be uh, trying to do better, be better, achieve more, be the best. And um, I just love the way that this points out that there is no need to compare. The only need is to make sure that others are getting what they need, that others are getting uh, the treatment of being treated with the dignity and likeness uh, and being made in the image and likeness of God with the dignity they deserve as a result of that um, and making sure they have their basic necessities. Um, and so let's not look at each other to see what don't I have, uh, but look at each other and see what do I have that I can give you. Uh, two more, number 49. Uh, this is from Winnie the Pooh. It's a poster in a psychiatry office that someone saw. And Piglet is asking Winnie the Pooh, Pooh, um, supposing a tree fell down, Pooh, when we were underneath it. Supposing a tree fell down when we were underneath it. And Pooh replies, supposing it didn't. I really like that because I tend to be someone who prepares for the worst and hopes for the best. I'm a little bit of a catastrophizer. Um, I tend to anticipate everything royally failing and uh, exploding and dying, <laughs> and I'm always pleasantly surprised, but I sometimes put myself through a lot of unnecessary uh, extra preparation or stress or worry, and uh, sometimes I, I, don't, I forget to remind myself that um, rarely, if ever, will things turn out as horribly as I anticipate they might. Um, and so not to catastrophize, but to hope. Always cling to hope. I mean, we are a resurrection people. There is no greater hope than that. That even death itself cannot confine us or separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And so to cling to that hope in all that we do, all that we are, all that we strive for. Um, if you're in a position in your life where you feel kind of hopeless, maybe like giving up, maybe like your life isn't worth 
um, living. I just want to, um, I want to invite you to know in this moment that God loves you, that God has a purpose for your life, that you belong here and that he's not done with you yet. The fact that you're still breathing, you still have air in your lungs means that he has purpose for you. And that if God forgot about you for even a millisecond, you would cease to exist. And that means in this moment, your name is on his lips. He is willing you into existence at this very moment. And he is never, ever not thinking about you. And so to recognize, uh, we don't always have to catastrophize everything, but cling to the hope that things are always probably going to be better uh, and hopefully going to be better. And lastly, this one has been really sticking with me. I know every other one I'm like, ooh, I love this one. Uh, But this one has really been sticking with me. We tend to judge others by their actions and ourselves by our intentions. We tend to judge others by their actions and ourselves by our intentions. And the implication there is what if we did the opposite? You know, we tend to look at what other people are doing and just judge that at face value and assume that we know why, assume that it's malicious or it's not good enough or it's not the right thing uh, or it's not the way that we would do it and so it's not great. Um, But then when it comes to us trying to defend our actions, we always go to our intentions, right? Well, that's not what I meant. You know, I I, I did it because of this, because I really care, because I love this person or because I was trying to do the right thing. What if we, we searched for the opposite? What if we really just examine the things that we do each day, our actions, and say, do these measure up to what it means to be a Christian? Do these measure up to what God is asking of me in what it looks like to be a faithful Catholic in this world? And if we looked at others and sought their intentions and recognized every action is compelled by a story, a desire, a belief, and that that belief in 99.9% of people you meet in the world is inherently good and well-intentioned um, as best they know how. Most people don't wake up in the morning saying, I can't wait to commit atrocities and evil today. There are sick people like that out there, but they are very, very rare. Uh, and rarely will you encounter one at least closely enough to interact with them on enough of a basis to where you know you would really be judging them appropriately if you're looking at their actions and not their intentions. So um, recognize that, that we tend to jump to conclusions a little quickly um, and we give ourselves too much credit sometimes when we really just messed up and we need to take ownership of that. So let's turn that on its head. Um, what I'd love, if, if you have any advice that someone has shared with you that's been really profound in your own life, I would love for you to uh, maybe screenshot this episode and share it on Instagram or that you would send us an email or um, comment on this post on, on Instagram when we, uh, when we post about this episode and just share us maybe some words of wisdom that have really impacted you. Um, all the ones I just shared, they were from that Board Panda article. As I said, I'll share that link in the show notes. Um, but one piece of advice that I heard personally Um, it was in the middle of a band rehearsal. I was in symphonic band in college. I played percussion and, um, we were having a really bad rehearsal. Everyone was sounding pretty terrible. And normally, uh, the conductor, when he waves everyone to stop, he'll say, okay, uh, you know, trumpets, you need to come in a little bit earlier and not be so loud. That's always a problem with the trumpets. Um, and then, um, you know, clarinets, you need to be a little bit louder. You need to be a little bit, you know, crisper on those notes, whatever it might be. Uh, crash cymbal, you missed that mark or whatever. And, and then we'll go back and we'll try it again and it'll be a little bit better. But the conductor, um, recognized in this moment that, um, we just weren't really being focused, And so he waved everyone to stop, and all he said was, wherever you are, be all there. 
And then he counted us back in and we played again and it was noticeably different. And that moment really stuck with me. Wherever you are, be all there. You know, if I were to ask you right now, if you could be anywhere in the world, where would you be? Rarely would someone say right here and now doing exactly what I'm doing. We always aggrandize and dream of the things that the what ifs of life. And yet we completely disconnect ourselves from the opportunity we have to be joyful or encounter something new right here in this moment where we are right now. And so wherever you are, be all there. Allow yourself to be focused and present to the people who love you uh, or the people you're in relationship with because they deserve that. They don't deserve to be uh, sitting across from you on your phone, uh, sending them the message that you'd rather be somewhere else or talking to somebody else. Um, You know, where else would you be in the world but right here, right now, uh, wanting to be in that exact conversation or that exact encounter? Someone also recently phrased it like this, if you had one day to live, what would you do? And a lot of times we think of things that, you know, I want, I want to travel, I want to go skydiving, I want to do all these things that, that I've never done before. Um, but all those things are about you. All those things are about you. They're all selfish desires. What about everybody else? What about your relationships? What about the people uh, around you? Um, what do you have left to give? What do you have left to offer? Because each and every day is an opportunity to do that. And so, brothers and sisters, I hope that these uh, words of wisdom help guide you this week. Maybe if you can latch on to one of those that you liked and just kind of write it somewhere and reflect on it throughout the week. Um, and as I said, if you have any you'd like to share with us, we would love to hear them. Um, and we just really appreciate you listening uh, and continuing to share this podcast, share it with your friends, um, share this episode with someone you think might benefit from it. Um, if you've got a fortune cookie wisdom type friend, um, tell them to read the book of Proverbs and listen to this episode of Man of Food for Thought. Um, we don't have a saint this episode. Um, this was just kind of a random thing God put on my heart to share with you. Uh, and so pray for Jenna and I as we continue to plan our next episode on intentionality and how to be more intentional in life, uh, which a lot of these quotes could probably help us start that conversation. Um, but please continue to keep us in prayer. Know that we are praying for you, and we will see you in the Eucharist. God bless you guys. Bye.